vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs were often adapting to a new reality. This new podcast series from Vegan Mainstream is an opportunity to help you when it's time to pivot. These interviews will come from inside and outside of our community, and I hope as your host, Stephanie Redcross West, I can inspire you and give you the tools that you need to move forward. Hello, hello, and welcome everyone. I'm excited of jumping into our next interview. This is really kind of an exciting topic that we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about kind of building these online businesses, online spaces. And in the case of today's guests and business that we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about kind of an online e-commerce space, but it's not just about kind of e-commerce and sales. It's really the community that they've built around the business. So today we're going to be talking about Plant X. And I have an amazing person here with me today. Lauren Rapkin is going to kind of walk us through the story. Is going to talk about what it was like when they started, when they had the vision of what Plant X could be, and then talk about where they are today. And I think for many of us who are entrepreneurs or budding entrepreneurs or planning to jump into the vegan space as vegans ourselves, you know, it's great to hear the story of how things started, but also hear about some of the bumps and bruises we've all had along the way. I know I could do probably an entire podcast about it over my years of running a business, but I always think it's fun when we can kind of go behind the scenes of many brands that many of us use as consumers, but get a sense of the story behind the founders and also how and what they're doing to kind of create continued success in our community. So Without further ado, let me just say welcome today to the podcast. I'm so glad that you're here with us. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. Great. And maybe before we jump into all the details and, you know, all my questions that I'm going to have for you today, why don't we give people a little bit of backstory? I gave kind of an overview of what I perceived Client X as, but I would love to hear from you kind of the vision of what it is and, you know, kind of where you see it going. And then what we'll talk about um, after we do that groundwork is we'll go back in time and talk about what it was like in the beginning stages. Yeah, sounds good. So uh, I think you uh, mentioned a couple of key pieces of of Plant Dex and it's a community. That's uh, really how this thing has evolved. Uh, Obviously started as a back of the napkin concept by our founder, Sean Dollinger who is an e-commerce expert and uh, decided that he would take his knowledge and experience and move it into a space where, you know, he had great passion, but also saw people needing and wanting a healthier, balanced lifestyle. But where we started to flourish and where we started to attract a lot of the masses was the community and Plant X, you know, X being collaborative. We tried to put our stamp on different brands and different uh, verticals with PlantX being the starting point and X is unlimited for our collaborations, but really it, it comes down to the community and, and getting uh, people engaged in, in the brand, but also in the lifestyle that we want people to be exposed to. We don't judge, we're not, uh, you know, we're not gonna turn away people that are non-vegan, but uh, we invite non-vegan community members to come to learn, uh, to experience, to touch and feel, and. Certainly, that's how we've uh, grown the business. We started with uh, a single concept, single uh, e-commerce website. 
And then, you know, our, our vision and our uh, exposure to, you know, getting the masses involved into Plantex was to build out that brick and mortar, that touch and feel, uh, so that when people are unfamiliar with the space or unfamiliar with the products, which is what we do, right? We're everything plant-based. Uh, we sell anything plant-based underneath the sun across all of our different platforms and verticals. 5,000 uh, different SKUs that are being offered across uh, you know, our country and you know, Canada, the US, uh, Europe. So we're definitely uh, you know, where we started and where we are today. Uh, certainly we've attracted a lot of new friends, new, new uh, community members that look to us to bring them uh, the, the great lifestyle and the great products that are currently offered at Plantex. Now, I was on your website cruising around before the interview, and you also mentioned having stores. Walk me through. So the idea is that we can go online, purchase, get things sent to us, but you also have, are they local stores? Are they local partnerships? This is the thing I wasn't sure of when I was on the site. Um, and I was like, I got to ask, because it's a really interesting model to have, you know, that online and offline kind of, or I say offline, sound like a marketer, uh, <laughs> having a storefront or a retail space, you know, it's a little bit different model. Yeah. So it, obviously the vision started with e-commerce and uh, again, to go back to the founder, that was where his experience and, uh, you know, expertise really came in uh, from. But, you know, as we started to meet different people in the community and, and different products, we decided that it would be uh, an amazing opportunity to, you know, have that, you know, whether they're small stores or, or larger in, in space in the U.S., for people to come and visit and, and to be exposed to the product with knowledgeable staff. But we didn't really look at the brick and mortar just as that, you know, that uh, retail offering we looked at it in, in, in a few different uh, you know uh, facets and, and the two most notable one that people don't really put two and two together is that it became a marketing uh, campaign for us so we were able to put a location in whether it was in Canada the US and then we were able to brand and, and expose people so it became a real nice marketing tool for us and then we situated these e there's these retail stores and locations that became hubs for us. So when we were doing our uh, logistical distribution from the e-commerce side, the fulfillment, these locations acted as another purpose where we were obviously storing inventory and fulfilling from those locations. So under our control, under our watch, so we had um, obviously full exposure and, and control over the product and the, uh, the customer's experience at the end of the day, like with the packaging and the transportation, it was all under our watch. So, you know, made that experience that much better for the uh, end customer. Oh, I really like that because, you know, a lot of times when people are thinking about marketing, they always think like social media, get an ad in the paper, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. And the idea that a channel that could also, you know, drive, you know, commerce, retail and so forth can turn into a marketing tool for you, I think is great because, you know, with you reaching into so many different communities, I was really impressed with you saying you're in Canada and you're US, you know, when you're starting to cover multiple countries and be able to have that presence there. I think it's really interesting that you guys took that approach of using your retail stores as not just distribution hubs, which is also brilliant, but also using it as a marketing tool for discovery. Because, you know, all of us love buying online, but there's still that, I don't know, there's still that friction a little bit between touching products. There's still that friction between like getting to know a brand and comfortable with them. And you know what I mean? It's almost like, you know, um, it's like courting and, you know, and all that good stuff that sometimes having those physical locations can really drive loyalty and trust 
it's really interesting you guys have taken that that approach. Yeah, absolutely. And we look at, you know, other companies like obviously significant players in other industries like Tesla and Apple, where they have their storefronts to educate customers. But, you know, the vast majority of the sales are taking place online through their e-commerce platforms. So we're, you know, replicating it on a different level, uh, obviously, um, but we are doing it slow and steady. And, and our goal is to, you know, invite the communities that are well aware of the product, but also the the individuals that are looking to get that knowledge and, and maybe want to try, you know, a, a different alternative lifestyle in terms of their their food selection. So again, we're we're, we're not biased if somebody is not 100% vegan, but uh, you know, we definitely have something for everyone. Oh, and I think that's great because you know I wasn't vegan <laughs> always. <laughs> so for many of us, you know, we start out as vegan curious. You know, we start out as individuals looking to eat healthy and so forth. And the idea is, and I think what got me really excited about this interview is how you create accessibility. Because I think that's one of the biggest hurdles for people to eat better. It's one of the biggest hurdles for people to have the variety that they're looking for. Because, you know, some of us need gluten-free, some of us need other options as well. And being able to have kind of a one place you can go to, to get, you know, a variety of items, I think is really exciting, really to everyone. Obviously, us in the vegan community are like, yes, you know, kind of thing. But I think it's so important because as people are making these transitions and starting to get on the path, you know, you being an answer for them, I think is really, really key. Now, I do want to jump in our time machine just for a minute and rewind back because when you talk about your model and even when you talk about, you know, leveraging, you know, companies like Tesla and Apple, it sounds like you've been doing this forever. And the reality, or at least my understanding of the reality, is this is something you guys really started around the pandemic. So you're talking like 2020. So let's talk through kind of, you know, the idea that this has been something that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, this has been about three years and you've done this level of growth in three years. And, you know, where you were when you first started in those first couple of months or even in those pandemic days where we were all, um, you know, kind of trying to find our way to where you are now, what's been like your biggest aha moment? Like what's been your biggest, like, oh my goodness, you know, I can't believe we're where we are now three years later. Yeah. So I think it's a, it's a great question, right? Like the pandemic, you know, uh, definitely morphed the business to a certain extent because we saw great, you know, expansion and growth during the pandemic because we were accessible when people were locked in their homes and, you know, we provided, you know, their their lifestyle opportunities uh, where we were able to ship to their door without them leaving their home. So we really saw the e-commerce business blossom during the pandemic. And I think it was not until, you know, a couple of years until we're out of the pandemic that we saw a little bit of that aha in terms of how we're operating and how we had to pivot because we were spoiled to a certain extent that everybody was at home needing a, a product or a service and we can accommodate with an e-commerce accommodation there. But when we have brick and mortar, which is again, is part of the business model and people wanted to get out of their homes and, and you know, go and, and do that touch feel or go to that uh, you know, shopping experience, we were able to accommodate that type of shopper at that point in time. So we def- we definitely started with that e-commerce, but we saw there was still a need to, you know, once the pandemic was going to end, to provide, you know, a, a different type of experience for the community. And, you know, that is how you engage a lot of the people through the, the brick and mortar uh, meetups. So whether we're doing like local runs or local music nights, pizza nights, uh, vegan pizza nights at our local, you know, establishments, 
that's really what's building the community outside of the online world. So the, the pandemic was amazing for business. Uh, it wasn't amazing for the, the, the well-being of certain people, but you know, we were able to continue to engage people post-pandemic by having that brick and mortar operation. And truly, you know, we started this thing, it was three, there were actually there were four of us. So we had the founder, Sean Dollinger, myself as the CFO at the time. And we had Julia as the CEO, Alex Hoffman as our CMO. All four of us still exist in the company today. And it really started with that one website that moved to a, a secondary website. And then we started to acquire businesses of like-minded companies. And we saw great synergies with a lot of them. But I think that aha moment really was probably about 18 months after the company started, where we started with four people and we had an entire company-wide meeting and we were over 80 people on that Zoom meeting, which really you know, showed what our growth was in such a short period of time, but what we attracted in terms of you know, amazing people to the company. And I think that's really what you know, sets apart a lot of companies out there. And I know that we're e-commerce and a lot of us is, are not front-facing with individuals, but our people are really what uh, attract people to this business. They care. Uh, not everybody is vegan, but you know a lot of people appreciate the lifestyle, the alternative lifestyle. Um, you know, we have whether it's juices, coffee companies. There is something for everyone, and that's also something that we learned in our business model: not to just sat or focus on you know one one stream. We do have you know a variety of different business models and in different industries that we have a, obviously a different vertical to accommodate and that can see the peaks and troughs of demand and seasonality. So certainly, you know, from a, a one website, you know, back in early 2020 to where we are today to again uh, attract the masses, the consumers, whether they're in brick and mortar or retail or e-commerce, uh, we have the variety out there that is going to uh, attract a lot more people than, you know, where we were when we first started with just one website. And that I think is key, having that variety. I talk about it a lot, I teach it a lot, but I think one of the hardest things that people have when they are starting a business is like, when do you expand versus when are you diluting? Because that's the other challenge is, you know, when you're especially a part of the, the founding kind of fabric of a business, you often have the big dreams. You have the, oh, we could do this, oh, we could do this, oh, we could do that. And what can happen to a lot of businesses is they almost expand too fast. They almost go into too many areas. So how did you guys find or strike the balance? How did you determine, okay, now that we've gotten this process in place, now let's add this additional revenue stream. I'm just curious if you're willing to give us some of that insight into those decisions, because I think some of our guests may be at those crossroads as well. And maybe hearing some stories from you or some recommendations from you might help them. Yeah, I think if you find synergistic opportunities, that's going to be the the biggest attraction point. You know, I go back to the pandemic. We we lucked out with you know, finding companies that you know were struggling, and you know when you put into some of these companies that are amazing pre-pandemic, where they were struggling with whether it was administrative support or just capital infusion, just to get them to that next hur- over that next hurdle. You know, that certainly played a big part in some of the earlier on acquisitions. And we were able to carry on these businesses and grow them because they needed, you know, the appropriate, you know, whether it was taking a, a business that was never situated with an e-commerce uh, footprint and then mm-hmm. allowing our marketing team and underneath like Sean and Alex to really drive the e-commerce sales for a specific product or a specific vertical. 
you know, that obviously allowed us to see an opportunity. So, you know, not only are we, you know, looking for businesses that are struggling and getting a good deal, but we definitely saw businesses that, you know, needed to evolve. And that's really what took us when we were doing certain acquisitions is what, what can we do to enhance the business? The people, the founders of those respective companies are amazing experts in their respective trades and fields. But what were they missing? What can what could PlantX offer uh, besides throwing cash at them or throwing stock at them? What can you know our people really get embedded with to grow their business or to bring them back to that profitable state before the pandemic hit? So that's how we were evaluating these these companies while we were acquiring is to see what what stamp can we put on them to you know grow it uh, and to sustain it. And I like that. I didn't realize how many companies you're working with potentially acquiring them, you know, as well as doing distribution. So it's a definitely interesting model as far as an expansion. And it's also an interesting model from a standpoint of, you know, working with a founder that maybe wants their business and their brand, their product to have that future. But maybe they're, you know, they're moving on to a different project or something else is going on, like you said, in the pandemic and being able to see their brands kind of continue. So it definitely sounds like there was some, you know, wonderful synergies, like you said. The other thing I guess I popped in my mind when I was hearing what you're talking about as far as, you know, different revenues and growth and all that good stuff is around the community. Like we talk, especially as a marketer, I'm always like, build a community, build a tribe. You know what I mean? Like everyone's like, build it, build it, build it. But a lot of times people feel like, like, what are you really building? Like, what is, what do you consider your community? And you mentioned things like vegan pizza night, which I wish I was close enough so I could get a slice. (laughs) But, you know, maybe walk me through what community aspects do you kind of wrap around kind of this, this model of Plant X Because, you know, when I think about purchasing something online, I don't always think about like, I'm a community member. I'm kind of thinking like, when's my product showing up? So, you know, how have you kind of shaped the community and also helped your consumers see the value in it? You know, not just the value in the product, but a value of being part of that community. Yeah. And and really, we have one chance, right? When that good shows up on your doorstep, that's, that's our point of contact with you. So if we lose you at that, stage, we're, we're likely never going to get you back. So, you know, from start to finish, we have, you know, um, obviously an amazing website, which you have you know, experienced yourself. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you had a question, our, our support team that is, you know, behind the scenes that are answering questions day in, day out, they have to be knowledgeable in the product, but they have to be accessible and they have to obviously be friendly. And, you know, so that support system right there is something that is, you know, uh, obviously enhancing the community aspect. But, I hate always going back to the pandemic, but everybody wants, you know, an alternative where they don't need to just be stuck online. So this offering of, you know, having that human interaction at these at these hubs at our, our brick and mortar is certainly an enticing aspect when somebody goes online or they get a flyer, they get a message or a text message or uh, an email letting them know about a local event that we're hosting in the area that they're shopping from. You know, it invites like-minded people to to join, and it's again, you know, you don't have to necessarily know so much about a product, but if you're if you're interested, you'll learn more about it. It's the same way. We invite people, whether they come alone, they come in groups. It's a way for them to get involved uh, outside of you know behind the screen, gets them to know other people in the in the community, and obviously people that you know enjoy this alternate lifestyle. But you know, we see 
great traction, whether well, obviously the runs didn't start out with hundreds of people or, or you know, it, it did start out with you selected people showing up routinely and it just grows. So it's just another way that, you know, we could engage the communities, engage the, our customers. And again, not everybody's going to show up, but at least if we're offering it, it definitely sets us apart from, you know, other e-commerce platforms out there that are just sending your good to your door and, and you know, kind of uh, saying, you know, when are you placing your next order here? We want that conversation to continue and we want to engage you throughout that period of time before your next order. Absolutely. And I really like the idea that two things you said, the customer support, I think, is really key because when you do buy online, you know, not all the pictures are the back of the bottles or show this and that. Um, and I'm not necessarily talking about your website, but in general, you know, what I mean, a lot of times when we're trying to dig into the details, either they're not visible. And then when you try to talk to someone in customer support, they don't know the product. They don't know the information. So it makes it hard to buy with confidence when you don't don't have someone who knows the product. So I'm really glad that you made that point because I think some of us have, you know, grown accustomed to being slightly neglected <laughs> when it comes to buying online. And you're like, oh, I'll just have to take a chance or take a leap of faith. Um, so I'm really glad that, that you mentioned that. And then I also like the idea that you're providing these events and these supports who creates kind of a kind of glue kind of between purchases. It's not just call me when you have another purchase, then we'll act. The idea is that you're still there. And it's also a great way for you to differentiate your business. Because I think for a lot of us, when we start our businesses, they can sound similar to other business models. And it can be hard to kind of carve out our own space for what we do. So it's really nice for you to, to hear you say that. And then also, I just even mentioning it for our listeners, and I don't know if you found this as well, but one thing that's been very interesting for me is not everyone can come to events, but even offering them can impact customers who don't even show up because they appreciate that they exist. They appreciate that they are there. And it's almost like that goodwill goes a long way, even if, you know, people can't exactly show up to this or that event or they can't go to all those events. I don't know. Has that been your experience? It's been, it's been mine. Yeah. Even, you know, you take our RC uh, execs, right? They're, they're at these events. They're engaging with the communities. You know, we have a store in Venice Beach and, you know, from time to time, you know, the founder will be caught on the street talking to random people as they walk past, offering them, you know, to try a product doesn't have to be an official event but you know just the uh the community and our our staff that you know we hire and that we preach downwards and and, and across we want everyone to be that approachable and you know these events are definitely accomplishing that they are inclusive right we do have other offerings right there you know there could be that mix if you don't eat vegan pizza there could be like an art show happening at the same time so if you appreciate art you may come for that purpose so uh, we're not just, you know, that that pigeonholed, you know, that one item, that one idea. We're trying to engage the masses and, and we're we're trying to show selection at the same time. Oh, I love that. I love that. We had somebody stop by and they said, what's the website? Share the website. They want to check it out. So we didn't share that yet, but maybe let's do that really quick. Let's give them website and social media just in case someone's watching or listening to this as the podcast. They can go check it out. Yeah, for sure. So go check out plantx.com um, and you can find all of the different verticals that we control. 
and especially the great products that uh, we offer. But yeah, certainly uh, a, a nice way to get introduced to the company. You'll learn a lot about you know our background, where we started as well. There's a, a brilliant deck that shows again, from that back of the napkin concept to where we are today and all the different offerings, all of our different locations throughout Canada and the U.S. And yeah, we, we look forward to people's feedback and commentary. So if there's any suggestions from people or, uh, you know, if you want to see us carry a product, we're always um, always uh, definitely willing to listen and, and, and you know, hear you out and try to bring that to your doorstep in a very friendly and efficient manner. Oh, I love that. I love that. The fact that people can request products as well. Even when I was on your website, I liked it because you created categories for products because sometimes we're all in the discovery mode. I mean, one thing I've loved about this kind of vegan plant-based expansion that's been happening is there's more and more and more options. And as more and more options come to the market, sometimes it can be hard to either discover new. So then you only buy in the lane you've always bought in. Or sometimes you start to feel overwhelmed by the new. And I thought it was really nice how you're categorizing things. I saw on your website, you know, you had featured some like women-owned businesses and things like that. And I, I really appreciated that because it allowed me to also shop based on my interest. Absolutely. And again, it's all about the the experience, right? So we know we really only have one chance. And if we mess it up on a, a new customer they're never coming back. So again, if you're a repeat customer, first time customer, everyone needs to be treated as if we're going to lose you if we don't, you know, engage you on that first, you know, on that first click, that first experience. Perfect. And I just forgot to say even hi. I'm hopefully I say it's correct. Is it Derage? Maybe? Um, just wanted to say hello and thank you so much for the comment. Um, I was moving so fast, I forgot to thank you. So thank you. <laughs> Um, and anyone else who's joining us live, I can see the count of um, other people we have live. So I don't know we have a couple of folks out there. If you do have a question, just let me know. If not, we will always, always pass those questions on to our guest or we'll try to answer them ourselves. So as we're wrapping up today's session, I guess I want to maybe have you leave our viewers, listeners with maybe some thoughts, some lessons learned. I find for a lot of us when we're running our businesses, even sometimes they're personal lessons learned. How, depending on how much you want to share for anyone out there who is thinking of jumping into not just a business like the online space, because the online space can be a very intimidating world, if I could say that maybe, because there's a lot of big players out there. So it's a very well-defined you know, space that jumping sometimes into these bigger worlds or jumping into a world that can feel like it's so already dominated by so many main players it can be hard to find your way or it can feel like, ah, I shouldn't do that. I'll just stay on the sidelines or, or I'm going to go back into my cave, my little corner and come up with this like unique idea that no one's ever heard of before <laughs> because, you know, it can be hard to kind of play in those bigger playgrounds. Do you have any thoughts or advice for anyone who is trying to get started, who's trying to go into maybe a space that feels a little bit crowded and how they can find their way, um, how they can either get started or if they've already started, how they can become stronger, how they can grow, how they can maybe make that turn that they've been struggling to make so that they can get to that more sustainable level of running a business. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, a few things I can probably comment on, right? If you have a passion, you know, you got to explore the passion and you got to, you know, not let people get in your way and deter you from, you know, at least exploring it. And, you know, I think that's where we were at the onset. 
you know, there's other e-commerce uh, companies out there that were, you know, providing the products, but, you know, we had a passion to get to the, the, the masses, but also be inclusive and build a community. And that's what separated us. So finding that niche, but also, you know, exploring that passion. And for those that, you know, are in the business might be starting middle closer to, you know, a, a full, full blown business. I'm a big believer in you treat everyone the, the same way you want to be treated. I know it's a little bit on the cliche side and I'm sure people have heard it before, but whether it, it's your employee, a vendor, a partner, it really does pay great dividends. You know, on a go forward, your employees will appreciate it. They'll work harder. They'll work smarter uh, to get your product and your and your service or your model out there. Vendors will always appreciate, you know, someone that's friendly and, uh, you know, ability to like work with in a, in a, in a nice and, and efficient manner. And, you know, if you're looking to, you know, you're at the stage where you're looking to grow. You're never too wise or too old to ask a question or ask for help. Uh, we relied a lot on different partners, whether they were lawyers or uh, business consultants, experts in their respective fields. We we definitely pulled a, or pulled on a lot of different uh, avenues to get uh, to where we are, and uh, we were never afraid to ask a question or to ask for help when we needed it. Perfect. I love that about asking for help. That's one of those things that can sometimes be hard. Um, especially sometimes when we're in these roles, you know, we're the CEO, the CFO, you know, CMO, we, everyone thinks we should have all the answers that it can be sometimes, you know, hard to turn around and, and ask for help when we need it. So I'm so glad that you added that as well. So first off, let me thank you. I know you jumped in for us to make this happen, but I think we had a great time. This was yeah, really, no, thank really you. I, I'm happy good. that I was able to to fill in and, you know, next time maybe uh, Sean will join. And, uh, but yeah, no, I was happy that I can be here with you. Ah, perfect. Um, no, but it was great. It was great to hear the story, the vision, the background, all of that great stuff because, you know, a lot of times, like I mentioned in the beginning, we don't always know the backstory. We don't know kind of the vision behind things. And we don't always kind of realize, like when I was doing my research, I was like, wait a minute, 2020, this is 2023. I was like, this is impressive. <laughs> you know, so when you start to have those moments um, and then also just so great to hear how you've grown, how you've established things and how you've kind of crossed the barriers of, you know, the idea of strictly online but also doing retail, also, you know, doing growth through acquisition and so forth and building out some of those different revenue streams. I think it's exciting for many of us who are running businesses, even if you're not running an e-commerce business and you're listening to this. I think those are really great nuggets for all of us to kind of look for ways to grow and grow in sometimes unique ways. It doesn't mean more products for growth. Sometimes it means different channels. So thanks so much for sharing that. And is there anything else you want to share with our audience before we wrap up? I uh, just always want to hand the mic back over before we wrap up today's session. No, I, I think we covered a lot and it was, you know, obviously an informative session, but if anyone to your point has questions on our journey and our experiences, they can definitely contact you or they can contact myself or Sean Dollinger, who's the, who's the founder of the company. We're always happy to, to share the story and, and let people know of our experiences and perhaps we can offer uh, that helping hand. 
Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time. And thank you for everyone who joined us live. Thank you if you're watching this as a replay or listening to this as our podcast. We really, really hope these sessions inspire you. We hope these sessions give you kind of ideas, maybe even your own aha moment, and also give you a chance to kind of hear about other businesses and how this kind of plant-based vegan entrepreneurial landscape, you know, business landscape is growing and how you find your way forward in the world. So thank you, everyone. Thank you once again, Lauren. It was great having you here today. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Pivot, our vegan business interview podcast. This is recorded as a live streaming session. So I hope you'll join us for future interviews as well. We offer these interviews to help vegan entrepreneurs stay connected with the vegan business community. If you're interested in more in-depth insights or training, please consider subscribing to one of our premium podcasts, Going Solo or Fix It. Visit veganmainstream.com to learn more or click on the links in the show notes.